Support for this episode of To Dare is Human comes from nobody. Well, at least not yet. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and let's dive in. I talk a lot on this podcast about the dare, the conscious choice to strip away traditional life paths and instead go after your passion. I've had the pleasure of posting talents across entrepreneurship, the arts, sports, and more. And it's been fascinating to see the vision behind so many great leaps of faith pursued, so many dreams fulfilled. But let's get down to tactics. How do you seriously get started? How do you advance through adversity with agility? How do you find your footing without feeling like you're foraging for fortune? Well, my guest today has helped countless individuals find the answers to those alliterative questions. Anna Goldstein is a certified life coach, author, and entrepreneur. She specializes in working with individuals and professionals who are ready to be empowered and make positive life changes. And as a student of psychology, she integrates the practices of New Age thinking, meditation, Buddhist philosophy, and yoga into her coaching style. I'm excited to have Anna on the show today to share her story and also give a few tips to those who are looking to make a dare of their own. I especially enjoyed in this one how she seemed to almost coach me on the spot as she asked me pointed questions about my own show and ambitions to make it a profit beyond a purpose. And by the way, she even hosts her own podcast, aptly named Profit With Purpose, and you can hear the details about how to engage with Anna after the interview. For now, I'm proud to share with you my interview with the ever-curious and tenacious guru of getting it going, regardless of getting it right, Anna Goldstein. All right, folks, I am here with Anna Goldstein. Anna Goldstein is an NYU certified business and life coach and an author of a self-transformation guide called Awaken Your Source. And we're going to cover a topic today that I'm really interested in, and I think this show is a general interest in, which is how to turn passions into profits. We talk about it a lot, how folks are making their dares from full-time corporate traditional lives into new ventures. And Anna has definitely helped folks along the way. So first off, Anna, wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Now, uh, you are, I'm sure, uh, you know, now as, as a business coach and, and a life coach, how, how did you get into that specifically, into that walk uh, of life. What, what were you doing before uh, this? And uh, just talk about that a little bit, because I want to hear about your background. Yeah, great, great question. So I really got into this through my own journey. Growing up, I was a tennis player. And um, the first tournament I played, I lost every match. And um, I struggled with the mental game. And People would say that I had potential all the time. I ended up seeing a sports psychologist, and it made a huge impact on my ex- on my um, performance, right? So I did things like visualization. I learned some focusing techniques, and it just had such a big impact. And I ended up succeeding, and I was state champion. I was top 150 in the country. So I was able to really see how the mental aspects play a role in your physical performance. And that was really my first experience with it, but I kind of didn't pay much attention to it when I was younger until I got into the quote unquote real world. And what I, my first job in the real world was teaching tennis. And that was the first time I could really clearly see that the mental game was impacting how people were performing. And what happened would people would swing. And I would see that they would have this thought like, oh no, I'm afraid to hit the ball out. And they would stop instead of 
follow through, which actually keeps the ball in. So that was kind of my first awareness into, wow, like I really love talking about this topic, but I wasn't sure how to turn that into something I got paid to do. And I, after I, I taught tennis for two years after I graduated college in the city, in New York city. And I got burnt out because I was working seven days a week. I was working all the time. And I thought that I had to get this nine to five job. I thought I had to build my resume and kind of do what everybody else was doing and what was expected of me. And I jumped from job to job feeling like nothing really was working out for me. I didn't really love anything that I was doing. I didn't love sitting behind a desk, but I wasn't sure how to make my dreams a reality. Um, and then it hit me one day when I was working for a company and, and, uh, I got, I got kind of called out in a meeting. She was like, Anna, you did the reports wrong. And I felt this jolt in my stomach and I was like, I'm in the wrong place and I'm not following what I really want to do. And I knew deep down inside that I wanted to have my own business, but I had a lot of fear and self doubt whether or not that was possible. And I started to apply some of these coaching techniques to my own life and, I started taking steps to build my own business and get over the fear and self-doubt. And I hired a coach myself and it was a transformational time in my life where I went from, you know, having all these different jobs to really having my own business. And I've been self-employed for the past nine years. Wow. I, so it's interesting how you say you, you so you brought in a, a coach and you would say that would be the sort of turning point for uh, I guess your life in general, but from to me, like it's sort of off top, it seems uh, that there has to be a, a lot of in between there to go from simply, okay, you had a number of things that you were doing, nothing quite seemed right, but you knew that you wanted to run a business from yourself. I mean, to me, that still seems pretty much close to the first step that you have to take. W- how did you slowly turn out a, or, or churn out uh, a business from that. I mean, was it was it solely that coach, or did you have other mentors, or what resources did you look to? And also, too, or maybe this is a separate question, but I want to talk about like the 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 daunting challenge that that must have been, not only in terms of uh, just doing a thing, but also the the risks and opportunity costs associated with not doing other things. Yeah, great question. So you know, the thing is, is that I I put up a website without knowing what I was doing at all. (laughs) And, um, I I thought that one day in the future, I want to have my own business. And I just decided it was at a time where, um, I don't know if you remember, but there was this website called daily candy. It was pretty big. It sold for a couple of million dollars and they were sending out newsletters about like shopping and fashion and lifestyle things. And I thought, Hmm, I'd kind of like to be the health and fitness version of that. So what I started doing was just interviewing different experts all around health and fitness and well-being. And so I just started with a newsletter and, and I wasn't making any money from it, but it was just kind of a passion, a hobby an interest of mine. I was trying to work on my own life and I thought it was a great opportunity for me to learn. And I heard some of my friends struggling with the same challenges. And so I started just writing newsletters and giving tips on how to live a better life. And I was interviewing experts and it built, I built a platform before I really started a business. Does that make sense? It sure does. Yeah. It sounds like my podcast <laughs> having a website and uh, knowing nothing about how to build a website or anything related to that. Working in the tech world does not mean that I know how to fix your computer or make a website. And so, uh, yeah, I, I totally feel you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that 
you know, I learned early on for, from a mentor once told me start before you're ready and, um, you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. And I really live by that because I think it's so important because so many of us, we get stuck into trying to get it right or feeling like we have to have everything figured out before we start. But I think you have to start to get things figured out. And that's what I did. I just started networking and, you know, pretending like I had a business, even though I didn't, while I still had a full-time job. And, um, you know, I just started networking and putting myself out there and building, building an audience, building relationships. And I think those are the fundamentals to success in terms of building an online business. Sure. Definitely. Now, you mentioned that you were doing a sort of a fake it until you make it thing for lack of a better term while uh, still in a full-time gig, but surely there had to come one pivotal moment. Maybe it was Anity did the reports wrong. Maybe it was something else where you decided, nope, you know what? This is something that needs to become a hundred percent of my time as opposed to something that I am just saying exists or maybe something that you are working on actively, but not devoting your full time to. What, what was that moment like? And, uh, and I guess something else that I'm just tactically interested in is like when you decided to what we would call on the show making your dare I mean how much runway did you leave I mean how much time did you give yourself in theory to get what you had gotten going actually to a point where you were sustaining and fulfilling yourself yeah so I would when I had that moment where it was like Anna you did the reports long wrong I had started a website for a couple of months at that point so but I wasn't really pursuing it like in any way, shape or form as a means for me to make money. And when I, when I had that moment in that office, I knew that I was on the wrong path and I knew I had to make changes. So I enrolled in coaching school and I went to NYU and got my coaching certification. Then I started working for a coach because I wanted to learn the business. And, um, I learned a lot from her about how to build a coaching business. So um, then I, uh, I still needed a job though. Um, you know, I was in school, the, the coach that I was working for, she, that kind of, kind of fizzled out. And so at that point I needed a job. So I got a job at Equinox Fitness and I, I got a job there partially because I wanted a free gym membership and, um, I wanted to build my business on the side. And so I was working there and I was building my business and I started to get business and I started making money. And, you know, I could tell that I was at this point where either I could quit my job and have a business and just go all in. And it was, it was, you know, I was making money and, and I ended up getting fired from that job. And it was kind of a blessing because I don't know, I, I probably would have been a little bit scared to quit. And I got fired from that job, but I was already making at least $5,000 a month at that point. And so um, that whole process was about two years. Gotcha. Wow. So you did have that like clean break of, okay. And it's nice, <laughs> of course, that you could sit back and say like, well, I am still making like a decent, I mean, a lot of people would consider that a full-time income by itself. Mm-hmm. But I can understand in New York City, it's a little bit different. I want to ask a quick question about the fitness side, because I, I talked to a lot of folks and a lot of folks who happen to be sort of motivated in this way and a lot of folks, frankly, who are doing their own thing and making their dares are also like quite involved in, in in fitness and just having a regimen like that. To what degree would you associate like being active in that way with also being active like psychologically, mentally as you pursued your passions? 
I think it's so important. I mean, I, I grew up as an athlete and I know that when I don't work out, how it affects me mentally. And at this, this stage of my life, I'm 37 now and, you know, running a, a business, I have to work out because it just keeps me motivated. It keeps me energized, gets those endorphins going. So I think that physically moving your body is such an important part to um, ha also having emotional fitness, right? So, um, cause emotions are energy in motion. So, you know, being an entrepreneur is very, is an emotional game at the core. And so you got to make sure that you're in the right state, that you're in the right mindset to be making the best decisions and to be connecting in a way that really feels good to you. And, and people can feel that cause it's an energy. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I'm just so it's so funny. I just I suppose I should have put two and two together sooner. But I mean, there really are different states of fitness and very, you know, very much run synergistically with each other. So it, that's interesting that you put that. And, um, you know, of course, that uh, that I'm sure helped fuel your motivation in general towards uh, what this clean break became, which was an opportunity to do something uh, that you wanted to do full time. Now, since uh, you, you've helped people uh, through all, I'm assuming all walks of life. And when, when somebody comes to you, like what, what do you think is like the biggest mental block uh, that is keeping people from achieving what they really want to do? And, and I, I guess I'll stoke the fire a little bit um, by saying that one of the first notes that I had seen on you was that, uh, that there is a belief that, um, you know, there's a beliefs fraud in some way and that, you know, people are uh, wired to behave a certain way. But, you know, what do you see that's most common among the people who come to a coach or to come to you uh, when they're looking to make a change? Yeah, I mean, I think in the area of career, a big thing that blocks people is experience, that people think that they have to have experience to get paid a certain amount, right? Like we typically associate that you have a certain amount of experience, then you can get paid a certain amount, whether that's a salary or, um, you know, a rate, um, or that they, they've never done what they want to do before. And so they say, Oh, I don't have experience. I can't do that. And, or even if let's say they want to switch career paths and they think, Oh, I can't do that. I have to go back to school to get more experience to then be qualified. Right. And the, the thing that's really important is that if you look at some of the top entrepreneurs in the world, someone like Sarah Blakely, who created Spanx, who's the youngest female billionaire, or someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who created Facebook. I mean, they didn't, they weren't doing these types of things before. Sarah Blakely had no experience in fashion and she built one of the biggest brands in fashion. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was a student and he had never built a business before and he has you know, one of the biz biggest businesses in the world. So I think the, the, the lack of experience, sometimes having that, that type of beginner's mind can actually be your advantage and understanding that everything up until this point in your life is experience and how that those experiences can translate into your unique perspective, which is what you bring to everything that you do that's different from everybody else because no two people see the same reality. And so your unique experience is what gives you a unique perspective on the world and using that as part of your passion and your purpose to fuel 
whatever you do, like you're coming at it from your own angle. That's an interesting way to put it. And so, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, sort of the the dichotomy between somebody being experienced and somebody being paid well. Uh, And I know you believe this as well, but I want you to to elucidate a little bit uh, the choice that people need to make, not only between experience and the the money they make, but also uh, the, the choice that people tend to believe they must make between something that actually pays and purpose. Yeah, I saw it, profit mm-hmm. versus purpose and their choice there. Um, obviously, there's a mental battle that a lot of people go through. I certainly go through that myself when it comes to my creative pursuits, which I believe to be my real passion. And I do have a full-time job. And it is something that I'm you know, interested in figuring out, like, at what point do I take more time to do that creative passion? And even if there is a trade-off, ultimately resulting probably in jumping completely or making the dare completely, what um you know what's the most common pitfalls you see for people who hold that sort of constant battle of profit versus purpose instead of profit from it yeah yeah so this is this is a belief that we're taught from a very young age by our parents by society by our teachers right like it's almost like we are taught that you need to grow up and get a job right and it's pretty ingrained in most of us and we're not really taught to that we can follow our heart, we can follow our passion, how to uncover our pur- purpose. We're not we're never really taught that. And so it's not our fault that we have this challenge, right? Um and the first step is really to to identify what it is that you're passionate about, what you really care about what problems you want to solve, all businesses solve problems, and then creating a way that you can get paid to do that. So some people leave passion as just passion, right? And you want to you want to understand the difference between what is your hobbies? Like I love yoga, I don't want to be a yoga instructor, right? That's that's just my passion. And it's great to have passion in your life and hobbies in your life. I love coaching too. And it's something that I've learned how to monetize. It's something I'm good at. It's something I enjoy and people need it, right? So those are that's kind of the formula for discovering your purpose. Something that you love, something you're good at, and a problem that you solve, right? And then figuring out how you can get paid to do that. So most of the most of the people that I work with are service-based businesses. So they have some solution to a problem. And we figure out a structure of how they can get paid and package their services so that they can that can become their full-time income. Right. So typically that's not an hourly rate, but that's more of a program that they design that's customized for each individual. And that that's a package that somebody can buy and they can make make money up front. So, you know, the real thing here is that um, sometimes you need a bridge job. You need something that can pay your bills because we need to pay our bills. Um, and if we don't, there are certain consequences that we might not want to do. But I also believe in having a business, even if it's on the side, something else that brings you additional income that you're able to express your unique perspective, your creativity with. And at some point, if you work hard enough and do the right things, um, cause not always hard work brings you what you need, right? You got to do the right, have the right strategies in, pr- in place. 
And um, that eventually, over time, that can be your full-time job. So having a vision of what success looks like for you is really, really important. Wow, that was a lot of <laughs> that was a lot of good, uh, good, I guess, uh, advice towards that. And I know that um, you talk a lot about it. You seem in there to talk a lot about service-based businesses. Um, it, now, is that something that you specialize in simply because that's what what you're currently doing? Something that you believe is the best way forward or the easiest uh, in terms of barriers to entry to start? Why service-based businesses? Yeah, I do think it's the easiest. Uh, business to start, right? You don't need a lot of overhead to start a service-based business. In fact, you need very little. And that's a big, um, like, you know, people say like, oh, I need money to start a business. Um, I started my business with $20. I bought hosting and um, the domain name. And I built my website myself on iWeb. They They don't make iWeb anymore. But there's many There's many tools that you can use to build a website yourself. I have no experience. I just enjoyed the process of it and figured it out. Nobody told me how to do it. I just played around and um, used my own creativity to create a website. And um, yeah, and I was able to make money because because I had a service that I could offer, right? So I do think that it's the easiest way to make money on the side first when you're just starting out. Got it. And, uh, you know, when you started that with very, very little overhead, which by the way, I think is, you know, is a, is a definite sign to anybody that you do not need massive capital to start uh, a business of this way, or really just a side income. Um, how did you initially beyond that, I guess, small initial investment, how did you begin to stand out? I mean, because I, I, I know that business coaching and life coaching and things like that, uh, it's a competitive field. You know, there are a lot of folks who are in that space. How, what, what do you do to, to stand out or what did you do at first to, to get your voice out there beyond just having a website? Yeah, this is so important. I want to say that I was lucky because part of it was timing. You know, I started my business nine years ago. And when you say, said life or business coaching, people were like, what's that? Now it's become more popular. So what I was able to do was I was able to, um, are you familiar with SEO search engine optimization? Absolutely. I was able to use certain keywords that allowed me to get to the top of Google in New York city. So it's competitive space, but I was able to apply certain strategies at a time that was, you know, less saturated, let's say. Right. So you want to find a market that you can stand out in and, you know, however you can niche down. And that doesn't mean you only need to focus on one thing, but it might be focusing on a specific area of one thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's really important to find your way and people look at what everybody else is doing and it becomes a big distraction. It's really important to focus on your strengths and do what, works for you that you like. But beyond that, you would say that perhaps this SEO for, for folks, search engine optimization, getting keywords to the topic, stuff like that tactically, you would say is, is equally, would you say equally important? Or I mean, it sounds for you that it was essential. I mean, for, for yeah. people today, it's, it's probably, 
even more than that. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that works for me. That doesn't mean that's going to work for you or anybody else. Right. So, um, but what sorts you want to find, today would you, would you, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say, what, what sorts of platforms today would you, do you think that people should be leveraging more? I mean, in terms of, uh, in terms of getting service-based businesses out there, obviously ranking on the top of Google is huge. There are many, many platforms mm-hmm. and infinitely more than there were, I would even say nine years ago. What would you say is underutilized. Okay. Here's my big secret. Uh-oh. You asked my big, it's a great question. Okay. Is a C it sounds really simple and you're going to be like, this is a secret. And that's, that's why it's a secret, but local listings with reviews, like something like Yelp. Really? When, when people search for like, think about your own behavior, right? If you search for something, where do you go? How do you find the things that you want to buy? Or the services that you want to want to have. I, I, yeah, I would say you know Google search if I'm shopping. I use Amazon, Ebay's, and yeah, if I'm honestly I'm trying to find a new place to eat, yeah, I probably do. I probably do go to Yelp and that kind of thing. Yeah, and you look at reviews, right? Yeah, for for sure, social proof. So yeah, so um, getting reviews and having a local listing, you're more likely to come up on search. Got it. Okay, so uh, and. Even for, okay, so I suppose, see, I always associate Yelp with like restaurants, but it's much more than that. I should realize that. Um, mm-hmm. Is that, is that, and you would say that's the best place to do a local listing or are there even other ones that folks, uh, that, that will help with rank that aren't, aren't necessarily Yelp? I mean, is it, or is it yeah. literally just that? No, it's not just that. I mean, but that's, that's one popular one that you can use, right? Because it has a reputation. People, people see it, they recognize it, they know what it is. Um, and they use it a lot. People use it, you know, not, not everybody uses it, but there's a lot of people that do. Sure. Local listing. All right, folks, keep that in your mental bookmark, everybody. (laughs) Now for somebody, now what about somebody, I'm going to go completely selfishly curious here. What about somebody like me with a podcast that doesn't necessarily, that maybe wants a a local listing? I mean, how would I, I mean, could I take advantage of something like that? I would think maybe not. Maybe there's something else for me, but what would you say? Well, I have a podcast too. So podcast is great because people are listening to you and you're building that no like, and trust factor, right? Which is so important when it comes to making sales. Is there something that you're selling right now? No, no, just, uh, no, not at all. Selling stories. <laughs> that's about Okay. It. Just adding value right now. Yep. Fantastic. And that, that's how I started too. Just adding value, right? Find something you love and add value. Very similar to you. So, you know, the podcasting space is also getting crowded right? But if you can look for ways in which that you can um, have people listening to your podcast, and one of those is also getting reviews, right? Yep, um, totally. The, iTunes uh, review, everybody listening. Two years <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, review. That's right. Uh, um, and using all social media platforms, all of them, LinkedIn, Pinterest, because the more content that you put out there, are you also hosting this on a website? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the more that you can get SoundCloud, the more that you can get across all platforms, Spotify, host podcasts, um, yeah, the more that you can do that. And I think, I think really a, an important thing for podcasting, which is it's important for listeners that you're interviewing to share it. Do you get, the, do you get people to share it? Totally. Well, I certainly, I have a, 
I would say cozy audience for the compared to what I would love it to be. But yeah, and that that's been honestly, listeners, this is this is a quite selfish. But I think if if you are going down your own path and you're doing your own thing and it happens to be creatively, listen in. This might be important. Uh, I the guests that I have got to be honest. One of my biggest challenges has been to get folks. The folks that I interview, which is the strange thing of all, to share the episodes. And I think that's because I I think shoot a bit beyond my weight class in terms of like the guests sometimes that I can pull down. But, um, you know, I, I feel I do an OK job of reaching out and making sure that, you know, they like the episode and all that and to share around. And um, but I do think I could do a better job with that. But I do know that that's like a real that's a real growth driver. Yeah. So what I do is I send them uh, social media posts. I make it really easy for them. And the artwork. Gotcha. Okay. So I make it easy to share. Before I wasn't doing that and I didn't get as many shares. Um, but most important, this is really important because what you're building is an, a relationship. And relationships are, are one of the key foundations to business, right? So when you are ready to sell something, you want to leverage those relationships that you have, not in a way that's sleazy, but in a way that's you're actually really connecting with them. Gotcha. Yeah. But, I, uh, and, and although is that, I mean, it's, I guess it also comes all the way back down to a niche because I feel like, you know, when I talk about how to, or I, I showcase stories of how folks are going from traditional nine to five lives to breaking out and really doing what they want, you know, those come from all walks of life. I mean, I suppose the niche itself is sort of this unnamed like you know life motivation you know if you were to give it a name um leaps of faith in that but uh that that's interesting and i guess yeah anyway that's an interesting thing well, well are you, you're essentially talking about entrepreneurship yeah right i would yeah i would say that's yeah that's probably right mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah the next thing you want to do is figure out what you want to sell do you know what you want to sell Guys, I'm getting interviewed right here on the show. I'm I, I turning this around. I like it. Um, no, I, I I don't really. I mean, I, and I think, but you know what's funny? And I, I turn it right back around on something you said earlier. Like, I my life as it stands right now, I've been a couple of years uh, selling, you know, enterprise software to folks, right? That's where I consider my experience to be. Now, I share stories every week of folks who are making the dares themselves and perhaps even using that as personal motivation down the line to do it myself. And from that, no, I'm not quite sure. I mean, what, I'm not quite sure what I would monetize off of that at the moment. Now, if I were to eventually go and actually do it and share my story in that way and, and coach people to do the same, perhaps it is a coaching thing. Maybe that's something that I would, you know, if that's something that I would put up at for, you know, sale, I guess. Yeah, maybe write a book. I've always thought about writing a book. Like, yeah, certainly there are some things that I could do eventually. Um, yeah. But I haven't, I don't sell anything currently, no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you obviously have, sales skills, which is a key element to business, right? So even just that is valuable, is valuable. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Guys, I'm getting my mind <laughs> changed right here on the show. You know what? I <laughs> didn't expect that. That's good. You can see how powerful Anna is as a coach right here because I feel like I'm in a, you know, I feel like I'm getting coached right now. I sort of am <laughs> actually. Sorry. Um, I, I sometimes sorry. can't help no, it. It's I, like, it's who I am, you, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, not sorry at all. I, <laughs> it's funny though, because, you know, I, I talked to, so when I talk to people about this show, um, 
folks, if you've tuned into this point, yeah, God bless you. Uh, you know, when I, uh, when I talk to folks about this show, you know, it's very much like, oh, I, you know, I'm interviewing these people and they have really cool stories. And the response I get is like, oh, that's really, that's really cool. I'll check it out. Or they'll listen and they'll say, oh, it was a good, you know, good episode. Very rarely. It's funny, but very rarely do I get those kind of questions like, where are you going to, what are you going to do with that? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like getting real, I mean, but getting like, not cold's the wrong word, but getting just like, I guess straight tactical about it. It's like, well, this is great, but like, where, where are you going to go from there? And uh, so those questions that I like, I mean, granted, I'm taking the, I got the full-time job for now. It's not something I'm thinking about as much, probably something I should think about, but um, that's funny. And uh, let's, let, let's, let's turn it around. I, I, that's good things to think about. I'll just, uh, that'll keep me up at night for a while, but uh, let's, let's turn it around and, uh, and talk about you, you have put a lot of your big teachings into a self-transformation guide called Awaken Your Source. Now, at what point did you uh, figure, I, I got to put this down on, on, on paper? So I was, I was doing coaching for a couple of years and I realized I was getting similar questions. So if we were talking about a lot of, there's almost a whole language to spirituality, to becoming more conscious and words are really, really important, right? They shape our lives. They shape our reality. And in a very basic teaching in terms of what one of the mindset things that I do is your thoughts create your feelings, create your behaviors, create your results, right? So it all starts with the words that you're using and how you're thinking. Like for a while, I told myself stories. And when I say stories, I mean my own inner dialogue of why I couldn't be successful or what was wrong with me and a lot of negative self-talk. And sometimes if you just change the word, like if you say like a, a defining moment for me was I told myself I can do it because for a while I told myself I can't do it. And then one day I gave myself permission, like I can have my own business. Like I was, it's almost like we wait for someone to tell us permission, but like I finally gave it to myself. And that one word really makes a big impact in my behavior, right? So what the A to Z guide is, is it's a, most of them are positive words. There are words in there such as fear or anxiety, but we want to get more familiar with what's happening in our internal world. And so each word has a description about what it is. The first word is abundance. And with a question where you can really take inventory about where in my life do I feel abundant? And it's really a guide to help you unlock what you are, how you're relating to yourself and the stories that you're telling yourself that are holding you back from really receiving the transformation that's right there. Lots of, uh, lots of good stuff. And I'm looking at it right now. And, uh, you know, uh, folks, if, if you are looking to just get the basics, I mean, this is a great first step in. I mean, this is a focus on single words and their ability to transform what you're doing on a on a day to day basis. And, and you've been able to hear through the course of this episode, um, you know, some of the strategies that has led Anna to do great things and to show others to do great things. And hell even showed me how to do great things there. It only took about two minutes. So um, <laughs> this is certainly something that I, that I would I would advise you to check out more. And of course, we'll do all this. We'll do all this plugging towards the end of the interview here. But um I, I'm curious, Some, how about, uh, towards the beginning, I asked you what some of the common pitfalls that people who come to you uh, have. Let's talk about some of the most uh, common successful traits of those who come out on the other side from either your coaching or just the stories that you've seen uh, to truly live a fulfilled life where their their passion is, is fueling profit, uh, they are doing what they want to do, 
and and making a living from it. What are some of those common traits that you see for people who make it to that other side? Yeah. So number one, I would say vision, having a vision, right? And so um, sometimes people will say, I don't know what I want, or I don't, I don't know. They use this line. I don't know. I don't know. Right. But what you want to do is you want to at least get clarity on what you do know, the things you like, the things, the qualities and characteristics of what success look like for you, as I mentioned before. So essentially, um, you don't need a business plan, but if you have a, a vision, you will naturally move toward it. So for example, my vision was to be able to work for myself, to be able to work from home so I could have the freedom and flexibility to create my own schedule. I now have a almost three-year-old son. He'll be three next month. So I wanted the freedom and flexibility to be able to be there with my child. This is These are qualities that I wanted in terms of what success looked like for me. I wanted to be able to go to yoga when I wanted to. As I mentioned before, that's my passion. So getting clarity on what the vision is, is really, really important because the vision will pull you. And if you have uh, the vision, everything else can sort of fall into place. And that, uh, I guess, uh, and you can go on to, uh, to AnnaGoldstein.com and check out all the great testimonials of, of what she does. But um, what are one or two of like the, the some of the best success stories that you have personally been able to see and foster? Yeah, well, I'll tell you a recent story. I recently worked with a woman. She came into the coaching program having no idea what she wanted to do. But it was pretty clear to me that her passion was photography. But she had this big block, as most people do, that she wasn't sure she could make money from it. Um, And once we got clear on what her vision was, there's this exercise that I do where you write down, you write a letter to a friend two years out, and you write down, like, in present tense where you would be, right? So it was pretty clear that her vision was to actually have a photography business. And so we got clear on what her vision was. And within three months of working together, she actually made uh, a sale that was uh, over $1,000. So, uh, you know, she came in not knowing what she wanted to do and having a way to actually be on her path to having the freedom and flexibility that she ultimately wants. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I could share more stories like that if you want. What more? Well, uh, well, now that you mentioned it, do you have another? Because I, uh, cause I, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I just want people to know that, like, you know, it's not just, I, I feel that, and I wonder, as you mentioned, about nine years ago, if somebody said business life coaching, they would have been like, huh? But nowadays, it's obviously much more out there. I just, I wonder... Because I've talked to folks from time to time, and I've talked to so many uh, business and life coaches at this point that, like, I- I'm sold. Like, I believe, like, it's probably a worthwhile investment to do it. A lot of people are skeptical, but I love hearing these testimonials, and you see them a lot on people's, like, websites and things like that. But getting to hear firsthand, like, some of these stories are great. So, yeah, do you have another? I'm curious. Yeah. So, I mean, I worked with a client. This was several years ago. We, we worked together on... Um, mainly, you know, she wanted more, she wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I don't think at the time that we worked together, she was really ready, quote unquote. Um, and we ended up talking a lot about her relationship and she ended up breaking through. She had this idea that she never wanted to get married because her parents were divorced and whatever else. And once we broke through some of her fears and her beliefs about marriage and, and had her define her own beliefs 
right? So that's a big thing. Like we come in with all these beliefs, but not a lot of the time they're actually ours. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure. They're, yeah. So really getting clarity on what you believe to be true, right? Because what's possible is an opinion. And we're told by so many people what's possible, especially if you're having a business. So um, that was just a side note on the fact that you know, she had these limiting beliefs about what it meant to get married, but she ended up meeting someone who became her partner and they're, they were now they're, they're now married. But along the way, she had such a positive experience with being a coach that she decided to become a coach herself. And she, um, also started her own business and she actually wants to keep a side business. She doesn't want to be a full-time coach. She just wants to have extra income and do it because she enjoys it. And so she, uh, we worked together on her business for six months and she made, um, in six months she made $20,000. So, you know, just something on the side that, um, you know, she also realized her appreciation for having a full-time job as well. Like she didn't, she realized that she didn't want to go all in and be an entrepreneur, but it was just something she wanted to have on the side and something she enjoyed and felt like she could add value and help people. Got it. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, again, you know, I had said it before with, with what you had been able to do by the time that you went full time, but uh, even that it can mean a significant difference in somebody's life. So um, folks, I really would strongly consider you, you you know, take in some of this content, go pick up that book. I mean, maybe if, if you're based in the New York City area, are you still based in the New York City area? I'm actually in the DC area now. Really? But I, but I do everything too. virtual. You are? Certainly am. Yeah. Oh, we should hang out. Yeah. Oh man, we should have done this live. Oh man, I, I, that's another big opportunity that I think that I could do for the podcast. Is I've had one. I've done. I don't know at what point, at what episode number this will be, but as is currently published, I have about eighty of them, and I've only done one of them live, and it was just so much better. It was actually the number episode number one was live. Awesome. And, uh, I got to do that more. Well, if you're in the DC area, as I know many of you are, because I know many of you that are listening to this right now, um, maybe you check Let's it hang out. out. Yeah. Let's hang out. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, all right. Well, I've got, I've got two more big questions for you. Not, not big questions, but they're important ones that I ask everybody on every show. And uh, one uh, relates to advice. The other relates to plugging. So let's start with the first. Let's say, uh, you know, a person comes in off the street uh, and I, I know you've given a lot of advice to this point. But we'll. I'll just try to stick it to one mantra if you can. Uh, they are. Uh, they. You know. You know. They have this passion. You could pretty much tell what it is. Uh, they see all these mental blocks. You do also believe that it is something that they want to make a dare into full time eventually. What do you say, like at first, to like, get them past that initial block to push them over the edge? Let's say as safely as possible. Yeah. Start. Too many people wait and they get in their heads. Start. What's one small thing that you can do today? It might be sending an email. It might be, you know, writing, you know, some content for your website. It might be reaching out to somebody, but it's so important to just start. And what was that quote? Can you say that quote again from earlier? It, uh, you just need to get it going. Can you say that one again? Because I think that was really important. You don't need to get it right. You just need to get it going. I mean, you got it right there, folks. And I, I you know, I definitely, I can speak just for a second to like when I started this show, I had no idea what I was doing. And I almost certainly like statistically, it was very unlikely that I was going to get it right to start. And I don't think I did get it right really to start, but I did get it going. And I think that's a good piece of advice for anybody, whatever you are doing to make sure that, um, to make sure that you're, well, to just start. And uh, of course, you can uh, you can access many, uh, many of these resources that we've talked about to date on this show uh, via 
everywhere that you could find Anna and I will leave you to do it. If people want to interact more, if they want to see what you're doing today, tomorrow and forever, where can they find you and how can they interact? Yeah. So you can go to my website, which is AnnaGoldstein.com. Um, and from there you can see all my social media links. I also have a free online workshop that you could go to, which is AnnaGoldstein.com forward slash workshop. I have a podcast that's called Profit with Purpose. You could check that out if you like listening to podcasts. And yeah, I'd love to connect with you. All right. Anna Goldstein, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really enjoyed the uh, conversation today. Thanks for having me, Adam. That's Anna Goldstein, and you can find her everywhere across social media at Self in the City. And you can find her podcast, Profit with Purpose, her book, and more at AnnaGoldstein.com. Anna, thank you so much for being on the show. You've given me a lot to think about as I grow this show myself. Speaking of, if you'd like to get involved in the To Dare Is Human community, be sure to follow everywhere on social media at To Dare Is Human and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. If you really like it, I invite you to share it around with your friends and colleagues and also leave me a rating and review if you like to, again, wherever you listen. Social proof is always great to see. Finally, if you want to contact me directly, hello at To Dare Is Human is where to find me. And uh, of course, To Dare Is Human being the website where you can see all of my content in one centralized place. Thanks for tuning in for another great episode. I invite you to be part of our audience next week as we have another great dare to divulge. And for now, keep daring and you'll hear from me again soon. See ya.